T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now the 0-1. Ground ball left side. This could do it. Bodie throws to Rizzo. Cubs win. The six-game losing streak is history. The Cubs clobber Milwaukee 14 to eight. Is in the in the uh, infamous words of uh, Larry Bow, we needed a bike oxygen. <laughs> Not really, but that's what Bo would say. I always loved that one. I love Joe giving credit to Larry Boa. Needed that one like oxygen. Yeah, man, I'll say. Can't imagine. How good that must have felt for the Cubs to get a win. Although, if you were listening to Ryan Dempster earlier as a guest co-host on Hit and Run, uh, he said he talked to Rizzo yesterday during the day, and Riz said, "You know, I tell you what, we're actually we're in a good place, man. We're we're I, I know it's ugly, but we're working hard. Everybody's got their head on straight. Well, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. It's, it's Hit and Run. It's Matt Spiegel with you on six seventy. The score. Uh, my favorite text, by the way, uh, about the Ryan Dempster appearance." is on the heels of that Sean Casey story he told. And it's this. Boy, that was a great segment with Dempster. What did you have to shave in order to get him to do this? (laughs) Boy, I hope you heard the Casey story. So you can understand that one. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Um, Man, just so much fun to be here and to get to talk to you guys all season long. And looking forward to having conversation with you. And that's why the phone lines are open right now. Um, I think the best baseball story in town is the breakout of Yuan Moncada. Had some amazing numbers earlier in the show from Chris Kampka over there at NBC Sports Chicago about how Moncada has more extra base hits than strikeouts in this tiny little sample right now. And the only guy to do that with a minimum of like 10 last year was Jose Ramirez. Best player in, in the in arguably best offensive player in the American League. I know there's Mike Trout, but I mean you could you could say if you told me Ramirez was the best offensive player in the American League, it's, it's some some people would give it to you. Maybe just a couple people, and they'd probably be wrong. Okay, fine. But anyway, that that's your comp. That's your dream comp so far for what you're seeing from Yuan Moncada, and and the glory of uh, of of Tim Anderson's year continues as well. So we're taking your calls at uh, 312-644-6767. Are the Cubs going to turn it around? Theo Epstein talked before the game yesterday. If you haven't heard some of that, we will bring it to you before we get to the end of this half hour. But let's go to your calls. And some of you have been hanging around for a long time, and we appreciate it. George is in Old Town. George is on Hit and Run. Good morning, sir. How are you? Congratulations on the show. Ryan Dempster was so phenomenal. Good. The insight and stuff going on is just incredible. Excellent. But I wanted to say that when you read those statistics about the Chicago Bats, they're the number one Bats in Major League Baseball. That's something really to hang our head in. If we can get those things going fast, I don't blame Joe. He was instrumental in preseason in doing that. I don't blame Theo. You've got to ride the adversity. That's what they always preach. we got the best organization in the city. It's sunny out. Wait till tomorrow <laughs> when they come back. 
It's gonna be it's gonna be turning around. I guarantee it. See, George George has the optimistic perspective, and he refuses to blame anybody uh, for anything. God love you, George. I mean, it's baseball. It's spring, man. Is it gonna be nice tomorrow for the home opener? Check the weather, Eli Hershkovich, man who does all things. The score will be at um, the Country Club Bar, thirty four sixty two North Clark Street. From 5 a.m. until Cubs pregame, that's tomorrow at 1245. Uh, I'm going to be around there in the neighborhood at Yaxi's with Lynn Bramer and XRT. But, you know, you listen to the score. Go by and see the score. Go by and see our sister station, XRT. It's uh, it's going to be a crazy, weird, fun day, as it always is, for those of us who work in the industry and for those of you who get there and start having beers at 8 o'clock. 67 degrees, no chance of rain. Oh, come on now. Come on. White Sox had a joyous home opener the other day. They're in the midst of, I believe, five straight day games for the White Sox. And now here come the Cubs. I wrote a, I rode a divvy bike yesterday. That's what, well, I mean, that's not impressive in and of itself, Eli. Screw you. All right. I've done it a lot. I bike a lot. What I mean is that yesterday I rode home from uh, doing Saturday Suckage with Steve Rosenblum. On the Divi bike, me and the wife right there along Columbus, looking at the lake and the fountain, this glorious city. We made it. We made it. And tomorrow makes it official that baseball's back on both sides of town in this very city. This is Ricky in Minneapolis on 670 The Score. Hello, Ricky. Hey, how you doing, Matt? Great. I'm driving back from the game last night. Uh, great atmosphere, by the way. Gotta love going to Cubs game in Wrigley North. Um, still, still, hold, hold on, hold on, Ricky. Still feel that way up there, even after the Brewers won the division and the Brewers won on Friday night. It's interesting, and they're trying to limit the tickets for Cub fans up there and everything. It still felt like that. Oh yeah, tons of Cubs fans. It's a, it, you know, it's, it's every other. And uh, as the game went on, you're looking around, and there's less yellow and more cubby blue and red in the stands. But uh, I'm just glad that we have a rivalry again. You know. Because the Cubs have been beat, they were they beat up the Brewers the last two seasons. Now it's uh, all right. Brewers can uh, chirp a little bit more now. They have some credibility to what they're saying. But still, a lot of Cubs fans in attendance. Uh, I'm just rattled why the Brewers got Yasmani Grandal. They have enough bats in the lineup. He's so bad defensively, and the Cubs were running all over him yesterday. So I'm just curious to think: Do you think Joe Madden's going to implement a little more small ball? In the future, seeing how successful we were on the base pass, base pass last night? Well, you know, by small ball, I'm not sure exactly what you're referring to. I'll say this. Yes, I like that they're running more. Hayward with steals. Um, there's And other guys last night run on Yasmani Grandal. If they're going to put that bat out there and give you the opportunity, yes, yes, yes. And in general, I as I've been wondering what, how the um, the need for urgency or the need to try and win every game even more than the usual need to win to try every game is going to manifest. I do want to see guys in motion more often. I, I, and you know, I'll have to look at some of the data on that. And I promise we'll we'll take a we'll take a dive next week. We'll see where we are so far with runners in motion um, with the Cubs and 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 the percentage that they're doing it as a percentage that they have. I just know that as soon as Joe got here. And maybe it, it obviously coincided with the arrival of some very young athletic guys and some good athletes, be it Chris Bryant or others, good, you know, full all-around athletes, base running, base running, base running, the aggressive base running, and Javi Baez as the template for that. 
obviously, put the pressure on. And if you're also teaching, you're trying desperately to get across the nuanced message of of better situational hitting and making more contact and, and doing it that way, then that's only going to improve the the success level when you have guys in motion. So I hope to see that. I, I want to see that. And the scary part is they're going to have to score a lot of runs on a very consistent basis because the pitchers are not missing bats. Offense around all of baseball, the number one team in OPS on base plus slugging is the Dodgers at 974, the ridiculous, absurd Dodgers. Second are your Chicago Cubs at 918. Then Seattle, who's just been outrageous. They blew up Lucas Giolito yesterday, resumed their high-scoring ways, which they done on Friday, even though the White Sox won their home opener. Um, Arizona hitting the ball well. Philly hitting the ball well. Milwaukee still. White Sox right in the middle of the pack at 15. Those are your, your OPS leaders around baseball. As we look at the pitching leaders around baseball and Simply by by ERA right now, the Cubs are dead last with a 7.87 collective ERA. The bullpen ERA for the Cubs is is absolutely brutal. Is 9.51 with 24 walks in 29 and a third innings. I gave this stat earlier. They have given up 25 runs in the seventh and eighth innings alone. And last night, you had a three-run homer against Rosario, three-run homer against Alan Webster. Welcome, Alan Webster. All right, good to have you here. You've given up a three-run homer. Now you're an official member of the Cubs' bullpen. Um, so they've given up 25 runs in the seventh and eighth innings alone. There are seven different teams that have not given up 25 runs total on the year. And the Cubs have done that in the seventh and the eighth. Those innings are important. They have to figure out who their guys are, who they can trust. Saw two new ones last night in Alan Webster and in Kyle Ryan. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. It was good to see Steve Ciszek get out there in the ninth and not walk the world. That was, that was nice. He'll find it. He always does. His whole career. This is David in Indianapolis on the score. Hello, David. Hey, Matt. It's great to have you back on the air again consistently. Thanks, man. Uh, I mean it. It is a joy. You know, I think... Like any good company, you listen to your employees after a year's done, you get all the input, and you work through it with your executive staff. But then you get out of the way and let people do their jobs. And I think Theo and Jed have to stay home, get off the road, get out of the dugout. You didn't pay Joe Madden for in-game decisions. Well, you know, he's got a lot of issues over the years with that. Hmm. But what he doesn't have is when a team – couldn't even hit the baseball in the second half of last year. He kept those guys loose, and they won 95 games. And I know they lost. The, I was at the Cardinals when they lost the, that last series, and I was at the Brewer playoff game. But the reality is, absent Madden, that team's not even in the playoffs last year. And I don't get why Theo is making April like October. It's not. It is April. He's left Madden with, as you just talked about, one of the, you know, you have hope for this relief corps. You have, there's not faith. 
it's hope somebody's going to come up and rise up because this bullpen's brutal. I mean, even last night we won, but eight runs. I mean, it's not a good situation, and I don't think Theo's helping it by being around that club the whole time. Well, we'll see if that lasts um, in terms of being around, and we'll see if the relative tightness of some of the the pitchers lasts. You can't say the offense looks tight. You you you, you can't say that Theo's pressure or mandate has had anything has done anything that has affected the hitters. I'll say this: I understand where you're coming from, David, because Joe Madden's strength is an atmosphere provider, keeping guys loose, keeping guys happy, um, and they have. They have under, either straight up undermined or at least chopped off some of his power at the knees a little bit. But when push comes to shove, and it's very much shove now because you started one and six, it's still Joe's job. It is still Joe's job to get them loose and to keep them happy, keep them comfortable, keep them focused. So even though... You know, it feels like, and the narrative has obviously already been that that Theo is stepping above Joe, and some of that is true. Some of it is is just perception. Push comes to shove, it's Joe in in there. It's Joe in the dugout, and and he's got to step up and get those guys into the right space. Um, j- just saw a quote just now on on Twitter. Uh, from Joe Madden, because did you guys see this last night? The cameras caught him saying after Rosario gave up the three-run homer, um, I, it, what, I think it was, I am sick and tired of this bull bleep. Is that what, or, I am so sick of this bull bleep. One of those two was caught with the lip read, Adventures in Lip Reading, Joe Madden. And he he was asked about it today, and he did he fessed up to it, and he says, the big thing about that was I was trying not to pitch C-Sheck. That's what that reaction was about. My frustration was vented. That's adorable, Joe. That's adorable. You're not going to throw Randy Rosario under the under the under the bus. But I'm sure he was thinking like anybody was thinking like, really, this guy too? Everybody? I am so sick and tired of this bull bleep. The thing was on Friday, the pitcher who owns the Brewers, Jose Quintana, got ripped. And the one bullpen guy who hadn't given up anything yet, Brandon Kinsler, got ripped. Last night, the new guy, Alan Webster, gets ripped. Everybody's getting ripped. Just keep scoring 14 runs. Everything should be fine. Joe Madden will be on with Lawrence Holmes as he is every Tuesday at noon right here on 670 The Score. And this Thursday at 2 p.m., Theo Epstein will be on with McNeil and Parkins. Got some numbers about the Cubs pitching staff as a whole I wanted to share with you before we get to Cubs pregame at the bottom of the hour. And a couple of phone calls left as well. And room for you. 312-644-6767. It is hit and run. Matt Spiegel with you on 670 The Score. Tom Ricketts is not the problem. It's not a resource issue. And I know he's another one who's been taking a lot of heat. It's it's not not the it's not a resource problem. If people have a problem with the allocation of resources, then that's me, and it has been ever since I got here. So, with a lot of good and some bad. And it's Theo Epstein yesterday, pointing the thumb in the dugout before the Cubs beat the Milwaukee Brewers fourteen to eight. It's hit and run on six seventy. The score. All right, Theo, you're pointing the thumb, and that's where we've pointed it, too, at him. If you need to point a finger. I mean, do we really have to point a finger at two and six? I know that's what my business is kind of built on. It's not necessarily how I like to do the business, but 
It is what we all tend to do with all the available time for conversation in baseball. Sometimes we look for the the people to blame. I think it's this. Look higher. Look over there. I think it's that. I think it's this. Theo has a thought for you on that as well. It's a team-wide issue, and we know we have to play a better ball, but just sort of like search for magic bullets or scapegoats, that's, I don't think that's, that's really productive. I understand it, but, you know, um, it's ultimately it's all my responsibility, you know, how we play on the field, um, the talent that we have, um, the direction we're headed. So uh, I think, and, and yet I'm not in it alone. I, you know, thank God we have really talented people here. We have great players that we trust, and we're all going to be part of pulling out of this. Yeah, so uh, don't, don't look for scapegoats. Go ahead and look right at him, Theo Epstein. And here's the truth. The truth of the matter is that the signing of you, Darvish, has so far been a disaster, and that the trade of Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana has been underwhelming. The fact that those two guys are not pitching like, respectively, a number two starter and a number three starter, or if you don't want to do the labels, those two guys are just not super consistent and giving you quality start after quality start after quality start, which is what you got them to do. The fact that those two guys are not doing that is more damaging than the bullpen over the, the bigger sample of last year falling short and this year. Obviously, this year so far, the bullpen is, is horrific, but it's not just the bullpen this year. I, I, I was thinking yesterday, and I wanted to do the research to back it up because the thought was, boy, swing and miss is everywhere in this league like it has always been over the past decade or so, and it's only getting more and more prevalent. It's a swing and miss league, and the Cubs don't seem to have a swing and miss pitching staff, right? And, and sometimes the numbers, yeah, they're just right there for you. And I promise you on hit and run uh, as we move forward, if you if you – have not listened a lot. I'm not going to overwhelm you with numbers and, and, and too many like, weird things that you're not hip to, but these are pretty easy. Hard contact rate, okay? How much hard contact are hitters having against the Cubs pitching staff? 46% is your answer. That's second worst in the major leagues. That's over this year so far. Overall contact rate. Are bats hitting cub pitched baseballs fifth worst in MLB at 78.7%. Of the best six teams, five of them are the Indians, Yankees, Brewers, Astros, and the Tampa Rays, who might be the best team in baseball so far. It's them and the Dodgers. All right. Last year, the Cubs' contact rate as a pitching staff, they were 11th. You know who led the league? In terms of the, the lowest contact rate as a pitching staff, that would be the Astros, Indians, Yankees, Brewers, and Rays. Same batch right there. I'll give you one more. Swinging strike percentage. Boy, that sounds confusing. It shouldn't be. It's the number of strikes that are swinging. Number of times they swing and they miss at a pitch. Got it. Okay, good. 28th out of 30. 28th out of 30 are the Cubs as a pitching staff in terms of swinging strike percentage. Last year, they were 24th out of 30. It's kind of amazing that Cubs pitching was good enough for them to win 95 games as they pitched a weak contact and they got good defense. But 24th out of 30. Here were the list of the best teams in baseball at swinging strike percentage last year. 
Astros playoffs, Yankees playoffs, Indians playoffs, Dodgers playoffs, Rays very nearly playoffs, Phillies nearly playoffs, D-backs nearly playoffs, Braves playoffs, Red Sox playoffs, Brewers playoffs. Those were the best teams in baseball at swinging strike percentage. Your top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That was your top 10 I just gave you. The Cubs were 24th. And this year, they're 28th. So how does that improve? How, how does it not get, how does that get better? I don't know. I don't know exactly when last year tells you that, it, 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 that, that there's a history of, of such things. So they're going to have to score a lot of runs, folks. A ton of runs. So far, they are. And it certainly helped last night. This is Brian in Kalamazoo on 670 The Score. What's up, Brian? How are you? Hey, man. Sun's shining. I'm not doing my yard work. I'm listening to baseball. There you go. Play. <laughs> Wait a minute. You know, I'm, I, I'm happy to help you blow off your yard work. <laughs> no, I hate those things, man. I use a rake. Okay, good. All right. So <laughs> I've been very uh, – well, of course, the game's have just been atrocious. Mm-hmm. However, you're seeing growth, right? And I don't know if you've ever been part of where you have like been putting a team together and things are all wrong and you're reorganizing it. This is the way it always plays out. It always plays out this way. And you see people get better. You saw you Darvish pitch a better game. You saw a CSEC come in and actually do his job for the most part. Yay. <laughs> hey, too, you know what I want to say? You Darvish was pitching in the rain. It wasn't 75 degrees, and he actually pitched a pretty good game. Brian, I'm letting your hope be the last public voice that we allow on this radio show today. Your earnest, gleeful hope here on a Sunday morning as you're doing yard work and you misinterpret my comments to think I'm talking about specific leaf blowers. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, Brian. Ryan, whatever your name is. Your hope is earnest and it's delightful. Let it flow. Let it flow through all of our veins, shall we? Cubs! White Sox World Series now! All right, maybe not, but sometime soon would be fun. I hope you enjoyed the first hit and run of 2019. Want to thank Ryan Dempster for being our guest co-host. Be a different person every week. I have no idea who it is next week, but we'll try to get a good one. Tyler Kepner from the New York Times was on. Chris Kamka from NBC Sportsnet was on, as he always will be. And Eli Hershkovich did a terrific job. Thank you, Eli. This is going to be fun, folks. I used the This Week in Baseball opening music to open the show at 9, and here I am using the This Week in Baseball closing music to close the show at 1229, setting the over-under of weeks until I get sued at 3.5. 3.5. Got to add the hook. Right? We need a winner. But in the meantime, just picture Pete Rose diving headfirst into third base on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 